Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. What's up? I'm Lance, your host. Interesting conversation this week. One that, well, I've never talked to anybody about being addicted to heroin. It's it was uh, it was a little a little tough, a little odd, a little cool. Very interesting. You read a lot about it. You read a lot about it in the in the newspaper and in the press. This whole epidemic of opiates and addiction associated with it you just never you never know you know, at least you don't think you know anybody that's dealing with that so to sit with johnny craig and talk about it was uh pretty sobering for lack of a better word um spent the week in austin texas hello hotter than hell i've decided i've just become a complete wuss and i can't i just can't handle it i really can't i have to stay inside or, or swim in a pool um, but down here with my son for his football camp and, uh, fun hanging with him. Although he's got, for the first time in his life, he has a real job and working. It's, it's, I don't know what's weirder talking to a, a heroin addict or seeing your son actually work for a living. Both are crazy. Um, but, uh, back up to Colorado this week and for the final week of the tour de France. And, and this is going to be for those of you who haven't caught it. Please check it out, The Stages Podcast. It's a, a daily recap show that I'm doing uh, with my good friend J.B. Hager, uh, talking about all the day's action and sort of breaking it down in the most direct, honest, and transparent way, um, and trying not to say bad words, which isn't going very good. Uh, but uh, uh, it's, been, it's been a smashing success, and we're just honored and humbled that, that people are tuning in. If you haven't caught it, you can go to the soundcloud or go to my website just check out stages and uh for all your daily tour action hey any questions comments concerns suggestions criticism whatever send me an email the forward podcast at we do sport.com and we do is spelled w-e-d-u not w-e-d-o the forward podcast at we do sport.com enjoy this conversation with johnny craig just heads up this is not an easy one this is a uh, this is a kid who's 100 days into his sobriety, and uh, my hat's off to him for, for hanging tough and, and continuing to, uh, to perform and to tour in, in what must be an awfully, awfully difficult environment as a sober person. So uh, enjoy Johnny Craig. Johnny Craig, thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me. I've heard a lot about you from our mutual friend Nick Shuley and our other mutual friend Kyle Lucas. You have had quite the fucked up ride. <laughs> yes, sir. You could say that. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You know, the, you know the name of this podcast. Um, I'll no. tell you. I'll tell you the name. It's yeah. oh, that's me. That's not good. It's called the Forward. The Ford. Yeah. Nick so said that to me. I don't know why I didn't. Somebody remember. asked me the other day, what what's that mean? What's what's the podcast about? I said, Well, it's about it's about falling down and realizing you were down and then picking yourself back up and moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's you know, when I read, you know, I haven't read a lot about your life, but just spending the day to day reading about it. It sounds like there's some forward going on. It's been intense, but uh, it's been fun. <laughs> I mean, being honest, it has. It's been intense, but it's been fun. It's been ups and downs, and yeah, you know, 
negatives as well, but there's always positives. And I was wondering, you know, every kid runs away. Like oh, yeah. Every, you know, I'm going to run away. I think Let's, I ran away a bunch of times. But well, you ran away. Really ran away. You yeah. really ran away. Yeah. And that's like 15 years old, boom, gone. Yeah, I was just having um, a lot of problems. Um, not like necessarily with my parents, but just, you know, following directions and, you know, them wanting me to do this, do that. And I finally, I was just like, you know, I had such a big head. I was like, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't have to put up with this. Hmm. I can do this on my own. I, I'll be fine. And that's kind of when I just took off and left. At 15, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, honestly, I like living in the United States better. And I was kind of stuck in Canada at that time. Because you grew up in Van- most. Yeah, uh, Vancouver. T- back and forth, you know, between Vancouver and like Seattle, Tacoma area. Hmm. So, um, you know, when I moved out of my parents at like 15, I really just wanted to get, you know, into the States permanently. Yeah. So, and my dad wasn't wasn't having that so i just yeah. kind of had to go out on my own you talk to him now oh yeah we we talk all the time he's oh, wow. he's been a, a huge supporter at first he didn't I, I don't think he even realized like you know what i did was actually legitimate career-wise like right. he always always thought i was joking around and um you know always trying to get me to go to the army and all all types of weird shit because he was a military guy yeah yeah all of his life military um you know. i don't see you in the military no no sir <laughs> I, I wasn't no. I wasn't uh, made for that, I don't think. And I don't think you can do it now, even if you even No, my dad said I have too many tattoos. Yeah. They don't take anybody anybody with uh, visible tattoos now. Yeah. And so well well then you are out. <laughs> I'm, I'm so and this is a this is an audio podcast, but for those at home listening, Johnny has a lot of tattoos. I'm inked up from my feet up. Yeah. Including the new one down the side, the mob. Mob. M O B. Yeah. And this one, forever young, on the other side of my face. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, slaves. Somebody asked me today, like, oh, and the guy had just moved to Austin. And everybody in Austin has a tattoo. Like, it's like hipster central and tattoos. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, yo, man, I just moved here and I noticed you don't have any ink. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you trying to, what are you saying? Yeah. He's like, well, what's wrong? I was like, well, I mean, I just, I've never been asked that question. I was like, well, Never have I real uh, had the idea that some, some I, I believed in something so strongly that I'm like you know what fuck it I'm I'm gonna look I'm com- I'm cool looking at this every day like I've never had that moment and I told him I said if I ever have that moment where I'm like okay I want to say this look at this wear this every day then I'll I don't have a problem doing that yeah as an artist it gets kind of I don't know there's some days where I'm like you know damn, I got that on my arm, I got to stare at it for the rest of my life. And then, you know, those other days where I'm like, I, I really enjoy that piece. But, you know, yeah. as an artist, I'm, I'm always in my mind, you know, damn, I could have put something else there. Or, yeah. But I still got tons of space, you know. So, you know, the whole tattoo world is, you know, these guys, and I, a couple of my homies, Mr. Cartoon and like Scott Campbell, mm-hmm. these guys started out as, Scott Campbell actually grew up in Houston, but lives in Brooklyn now. They started out as tattoo guys and now they're like, fine artists i mean they, yeah. they, they their careers have evolved so that they're you know they, they they create like serious auctionable art yeah i don't i, I feel like um, a lot of people think that tattoos are, are uh, a necessity too like hmm. you they need to be necessary to be in like an industry or something so yeah i feel like maybe that's what that guy was trying to get at when he was asking you you know why do you have any tattoos well yeah in the cycling world they all they're all inked up now yeah yeah, I'm not. I'm not Johnny. I'm not that cool. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, if, if that's not Johnny rolled up, like, man, hey, this no. dude's old. <laughs> no, not at all. I told you I'm going to come to your show tonight. I'm going to be the oldest guy there. I hope you do come. And I hope I'm not the oldest guy there. But you bet. said there were some milfs there. I bet you won't be. I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be some older ladies. Austin, yeah, for sure. There'll be some. There'll probably be a couple of chicks with their kids, a couple strippers, you know. Huh. Seventy year old strippers. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah. Um, and so we were t- before we went on here. We were talking about the show tonight. So this you tour with a band. Yes, sir. With with a drummer, a bass player. All yep. plugged in, electric. Yep. And then you do an acoustic set. Yeah, it's 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 the same set. I just kind of break it down a little bit. So right. I, I stop, kind of slow it down, break it down a little bit for everyone and sit down, kind of chill it out a little bit and play a couple acoustic songs that are a little bit more like heartfelt. Yeah. Um, two of them are handwritten. And then I do just some covers, you know, some that are on the radio. Yeah. And then classics like, you know, Cry Me a River, Justin Timberlake. I love that song. Yeah. Um, Marvin's Room, yeah, by Drake. I've done that one. Yeah, I watched that. Well. I watched that on YouTube. Uh, I did like a million views on YouTube, or more than a million. Was it? I I can't remember the last time I checked, but I think. Well, I'm telling you, that's oh. pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Children of Divorce. I I watched you. I watched an acoustic version of that. Mm-hmm. And in the, this particular, you probably there's probably a bunch of versions on the internet, but I watched the one I watched. The guy actually you, you talked about it. They were asking you some questions before it. And, you know, when I think of children of divorce, like I think almost most people are the children of, of divorce or the, the yeah. product of divorce. But I didn't realize until I saw the interview that, that that this song is about something totally different than what I expected about a girl getting pregnant and, and leaving. And Yeah, a lot of people think the song's kind of fucked up, but um, I think it was a good song for me is Closure, mm. you know. And um, I think in our generation, for two, I named it Child of Divorce or Children of Divorce because, you know, um i think a lot of us especially like my age i'm like 30 you know 31 and i think uh most people you talk to around my age you ask hey you know your parents still together you know most people are gonna be like nah you know they got divorced they were divorced at a young age so um the ideas kind of just tied into each other when i when i thought about naming that song so and the kid in question is you've never met i've never met her no um and we we don't really know if she is my child or not my mom had more of a relationship with the child and the girl more than I did. Um, the girl got pregnant, a little, you know, I'll give you a little rundown. She got pregnant. Um, long story short, I just told her, hey, you know, I, I, I'll be here for the child. I'll be responsible for, you know, for this. But I just, I can't be with you. I don't mm-hmm. love you, you know, and that wasn't fair to myself or fair to her to, you know, be like, hey, let's yeah. continue this relationship just for a child. And um, she ended up disappearing immediately, like just dipped out. She showed up at my mom's doorstep on my sister's birthday, my little sister's birthday. Never met my mom or my sister and just said, hey, I'm pregnant with your son's kid. Um, You know, I don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) Whoa. And my mom took her in until she had the kid. And uh, I wrote that song, you know, after the child was born or whatever. And my mom, the stupidest thing, my mom liked it on Facebook. And the girl disappeared again. And huh. No one's seen her since. Not my mom. Not a, a couple of friends that I know of that have uh, that know her in bands. That's how I met her. Right. They they say she might be in uh, Saskatchewan with her mom, but other than that, they have no clue. Yeah, but it's your kid. I know. I've I've tried multiple times to reach out to her. 
Um, I've tried to reach out to her mom. Just no no responses. She's she's pretty much gone ghost on the internet. She's deleted all of her social medias. Um, unless she's using another alias or something. But all the ones that I've had from previous, they're all gone. Her email uh, no longer works. Dude, you know, we always kind of joke when shit goes on in life. And I have, I've had a lot of stuff happen in my life. We joke, we're like, oh, man, life's messy. This is like, you're like the poster child for yeah, this, messy life. This was a mess. and uh, That kid, how old's the kid now? If, I want to say uh, about six, six years yeah, old. So yeah, I think at some point those, those stories, they always find themselves. They'll come full circle, yeah. I believe. I, I, I believe I, in I, that. So. Who knows, but uh, it, it, a lot of times it does. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lyric in the song that says, uh, who knows, maybe one day she'll know my name. So, you know, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll come full circle and we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've always been 100% willing to be responsible, right. but yeah, that's cool. I was, I never actually even got the chance. So yeah. I ended up looking like the bad guy before I even had the chance to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's definitely saying, I'm sure she's saying you're the bad guy. I'm sure. Yeah. And so going back to the band thing, so some of these guys are the band slaves, or all of these guys are in slaves. Two of them, yes. By the way, the name slaves is yes, that. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is the band. I saw in interviews this, this poor this poor girl that interviewed you in one of these clips. She's <laughs> she's like, why did you call the band slaves? And I thought your answer was, you know, we're all a slave to something. I yeah, think that's what you said. I, that's why we named the band. I mean, I, I feel like it's a reasonable answer. You know, it's it's it wasn't like oh, all white guys. Yeah, um, I mean. there was a black guy in the van at first. Yeah, yeah, he just didn't. He didn't pan out. He he just uh, he couldn't play his instrument. Just you know, it turns out that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I moved him out to California. He couldn't play his instrument, and uh, we gave him plenty of time to learn it. He had tons of time, and we had a um, we actually brought him on tour, and our merch guy he learned the songs in like a day. Whereas, opposed to this guy, I had like two months to learn. Like, Just couldn't get it. Yeah, and this the merch guy was learning songs in in like an hour. So, but and I'm, and again, I just in reading all this because you've been like kicked out of slaves like two or three times. No, not slaves. Oh, uh, the other bands. Uh, other bands. Yes, I actually made slaves so that I couldn't get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired of it. I'm like, you know what? Obviously, um, I'm a hard person to to deal with so i'm just gonna make my own band that way no one can kick me out of it but i've been uh, booted out of a few bands yeah yeah two of them to be exact and all of this all of that all of those issues i should say in and around drug use and yeah 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 pretty much all drug use yeah and just me you know addict addict behavior yeah. just i followed it because i'm around nick and kyle so much that i hear the stories and like I, I just find I think most people, especially these days, it's such a topical issue, the whole opiate epidemic mm -hmm. and parts of the country that are just gripped by this and like but like the extent of my sort of buzz is like, you know, a margarita or a glass of wine. Like mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that's like. Like to be a hardcore heroin addict. It's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the most, isn't it, I mean, I would think that, because, and again, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but you leave at 15, that says you dabbled in drugs in the 20s. It seems like most of these, or maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like kids like start super young and they just, it's a slippery slope, right? It goes from 
Yeah. A fifth to... I smoked a lot of weed. A lot of weed in there. Younger, yeah. And then I drank a bunch when I was younger, too. Yeah. Before I was legally able to drink. And then the buzz, you just can't get high enough. I think so. Um, I actually... My case, I had a surgery. Mm. I had a a stomach surgery, and that that was the first time I had ever... uh, When was that? Fuck. I mean, I want to say probably about 20 years old, 1920. Okay. I had a... uh, it's called the insusception, and it's when your intestines coil inside of each other, and they close each other off, and you just become dehydrated. You can't eat. So what they do is they open your stomach, and they snip those two ends and sew it back together. Yep. And that was the first time I ever had morphine, and I think from that moment on, I just I couldn't find that high ever again. Yep. So that's what I was chasing that. Just well, waking up in the hospital and being like, man, I feel fucking amazing. You know, I feel like I can do anything, be anyone. Right say anything to anyone that type of shit and uh i just couldn't find it no matter what pills i took then it ended up you know moving on to heroin and it was cheaper but it's well before we go any farther because your your last stint in rehab was recently and so you're now at around 100 days are we still 90 i have 94 days 94 that's yeah okay no booze no drugs (laughs) no nothing just wow. just water. And what's the longest you've been? I mean, have you been 194 before? Or have you been Honestly, I, this is probably the longest I've had in about 5 years of actually being 100% sober. I mean, realistically, this is probably the longest I've had since I mean, I'm going to say probably being a child of just not ingesting anything, like no substances whatsoever. This is probably the longest I've had in uh, my adult life. I'd wow. say from going back to like, you know, obviously smoking weed and drinking and stuff, but there was always, oh, okay, I'm going to stop doing heroin, stop pills. And then I would still drink. But this time right. I'm just doing 100% nothing. Huh. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. And you've yeah. performed, you've performed sober. Yeah. Yeah. I've done like sober tours. No, but on this place in the last 94 days or I, is tonight your first. Tonight is my first show. Um, that'll be inter- I think that'll yeah. be interesting. To, no you know, substances, no alcohol. Yeah, because like, yeah. well, you know, I'm I mean, a little nervous. I bet. Yeah, I'd be. I'm nervous for you, which is not a normal thing for me. Um, no, but just you know, the nerves of the show, and then and then the you know, and it, you know, I, I do podcasts. I get a buzz after it. Like, oh wow, that was a fucking killer conversation. And then like, you go get in your car and you're driving home. You're like, all right, what now? Yeah. Like I'm gonna go home and like, you know, read the news or what am I gonna do? And so, does the news give you a buzz? No, well, <laughs> only fake news. <laughs> All right, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You get that high uh, emotionally, and then it's just you have to manage that. So, it, and you, these late night things, like I would struggle. I, I can imagine you guys in the situation would struggle with, like, okay, you're going to get off the stage tonight at ten thirty or eleven. You're like, all right, yeah. looking around, like, what's up? Time for bed. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you need to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, it's weird because I've been going out and not like, I want to say partying, but you know, I've been going to the bars with obviously my girlfriend and my band is in town and stuff. And I've, I've had actually no, no problems, no urges to be like, Oh man, it's midnight right now. I want to be hammered. You know, I've actually Mm -hmm. had a good, a good little, um, support system to where I can actually enjoy myself. And the hardest part is for me trying to learn how to do shit and be sober doing it. Like not, because everything I've done for, I don't even know how many years, you know, I was, I, let's say the last 
decade of my life touring and stuff, everything I've done, I've done fucked up, whether it be drunk completely or doing on drugs. So everything I'm doing now, I'm learning how to do sober. And it's kind of like... You can actually remember it now. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's intense because I'm feeling a lot of emotions, you know, obviously that I don't normally enjoy, you know, anxiety and stuff like that, you know, being nervous and anxious and, you know, being sweaty and stuff like that. But Hmm. I'm hoping that I can... Are you going to talk about that tonight? Yeah, I'm. I, I, I mean, obviously, your fans. Yeah, they, I plan they on know. saying a little something on stage. Hopefully, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm this this May Day sober, like really sober. Right. And uh, and for the listener, I mean, when we say addict and heroin, I mean, we're not talking somebody that's like kind of dabbled here and there. I mean, you <laughs> well, you you took this shit to a real extreme I, to the point where, but yeah. uh, Kyle, I mean, a couple times, I mean, it was curtains. Like oh, flatlined many times, yeah. Many times, I, many times, at, at least five times, I'd say, probably the end. Dead, or much. yeah, oh, oh, deed. Um, yeah, at least five. No, no messing around. Yeah. And and I'm just so and I, this maybe this may be too detailed for like no, the, ahead, the average listener, but like I mean, is this how do you heroin? Did, I mean, I know. I mean, the classic thing when people think. Well, now when people think of heroin style stuff, they think of oxys and yeah. per- all this, you know, the prescription medication, prescription which stuff. is, the, it's the same thing, but the same thing, the yeah. same buzz. It's just, you know, you would need a lot of it. Yeah. But, but then, you, you know, when you think of, if you think of, uh, you know, like in the movies, you think of injecting heroin. Yeah. But you, of course, can snort it. You can smoke it. Yeah, you can snort it, smoke it. Yeah. And what was your, I did it all, um, oh. mainly. Yeah, it's, I, I know, really. But I think my um, once I used a needle, I think there really wasn't any any looking back. Um, you know, I, I I went from you know, like I said, the morphine pills, medication, mm. popping pills, snorting pills, and then I think once once I took that turn with the needle, there really wasn't any turning back for me. It just kind of was real dark. Mm. Um, it's a uh, could people do heroin once? I don't know. It did, well, I know you didn't do that, but uh, yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, is it, that, is it that powerful? Like, this grip. They say it is. I mean, I'm sure someone would have the ability to be like, I don't like this. Anyone actually would. I mean, say you go and get your teeth removed, right? And you, they give you some Percocet, but... Well, let me you, tell you something. I got a wisdom tooth taken out like a year ago. Yeah. And and actually, the other day, I got a, I had to get a uh, endoscopy, and they give you some shit... Yeah. That knocks you out. I mean, yeah. Percocet, probably, or Vicodin. No, they give you something. I mean, it, it it puts you to sleep. It's like an anesthesia. I don't know if that's. It's it's the, the gas. Talking about like the mask. It's an injection, but it, I mean, it, I can see that. I was like, whoa. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. I don't know if that's Plus, an opiate. I mean, probably not. I think it's probably just an anesthetic. Um, but people can. I take, thought I was hardcore. I thought I was. <laughs> thought I t- you no. might be. Hey. It just depends on what it was. Uh, actually, it's funny you say that, being hardcore. There's a guy in my first sober living ever, and he was addicted to that type of shit. Of yeah. The fucking gas that would knock you out. He would drive around in his car with, like, a mask and a tank. Like, like just to me, that's fucking dangerous. I right. know. I'm a heroin user, quote-unquote. But yeah. that was crazy to believe that guy's driving around with a tank in his car, like, huffing gas that would, you know, normally knock a person out. And so if, if you've gone to the brink five times... Mm-hmm. And when I say brink, I mean like about to die, or or you know, if nobody's standing there to help you, you're dead. Yeah. 
So how many, then how many rehabs is that? And I'm getting to a, a point here. I've actually been to rehab twice. Only twice. Okay. Two, two full rehabs. And this, this most recent is number two. Yes, sir. And so you have all these friends around you, right? A lot of them are sitting in this room. Mm-hmm. How much do you think they trust you? Or is the, you know, do you get the sense that this is different? Or do you get the sense that they're wondering if you and Chelsea go to a bar, is she staring at you the whole time to make sure nobody slips you a drink, a I'm shot? I'm sure sometimes she is. Um, yeah. But I think that the difference is, is especially, I know you don't really know me or really knew me when I was fucked up, but yeah. obviously Kyle's known me and Nick has known me. Um, Chelsea's definitely known me. I feel like there's a huge difference in my personality and who I am and how I act. Um, and there's just kind of a breaking point where you, you know, something kind of clicks in your head and it, and it may not be, this might not be the time, but at least there's a huge motivation for me to actually, you know, want to stay clean right now. And I think right. she sees that. So she's not always like Hawkeye and me, but I think that they want to trust me as much as they can. And they're, they're putting a hundred percent of, you know, that friendship on the line, they're saying, hey, you know, we we understand that it's difficult for you, but we don't want to be out here calling you out, so we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt right. because we, we believe in you not only as a person, but, you know, you know, we believe in your career, we be, you know, more vice versa. Right. They, they believe in me as a, as a human. So. Right. Because you know at some point. There's no more. There's no six times. Right. I mean, at some point, <laughs> they're just like, okay, I can't. Nobody has that kind of endurance or energy yeah. to just keep. Maybe taking those because then they take the body blows and yeah yeah it becomes rough for them yeah you know to keep going through the same stuff so uh, and, I, and what about you know here it's funny because i come from the endurance it's not funny actually but i come from the endurance world and so many endurance athletes you know it's it's an obsession and an addiction and it takes over your life and loved ones suffer and work suffers and your finances suffer because you're buying all the shit to do your sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of those people, especially in running, it's ironically seems are running from something, right? So they, they had an addiction or they had some abuse in their life and they, and they've just poured all of that energy into this endurance sport. So is there something else you do that I mean, or I mean, it, we were joking earlier talking about watching that home improvement show that can't be, no. I mean, is, is there any other, um, something to fill the void. Yeah, I had a really good friend of mine. He went, he told me that uh, addiction isn't just overcoming; it's replacing in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's it's weird. It's obviously you know you talk to a lot of therapists and you you go to rehab and stuff, and they speak to you. Uh, obviously, you know, athletics is one of the main main things they try and tell you. Hey, you should work out. You should do this because it gets your yeah. endorphins, sure. and you know you've been doing this shit for so long, your body is obviously extremely unhealthy. So they're trying to put you back on this track where they want you to do that type of shit. And, um, I used to run in high school. I used to do track and field. I used to be uh, number three in my district when I was in eighth grade for long distance running. Um, I've always loved running. And I think that, you know, that's probably my go-to is trying to yeah, get, get, up get back on that treadmill yeah. and just, because, you know, obviously you, cycle and stuff you know your brain it just kind of i know i grew up running too it it takes it it just it gets you not outside of your head but it just kind of gives you that release you know of of being able to yeah to just do something else besides 
actually think you know does yeah. that make sense yeah but as you yeah for, totally makes sense and that's you i see a lot of it in in the endurance world yeah man i can't even imagine <laughs> and the money you were spending to support this habit a lot too Dude, much i mean i read on the internet of course it could thirty thousand dollars a month yeah to party like that about 800 a day sometimes twice a day eight hundred dollars twice yeah that, and that that was when um I was still doing pills, you know, because the pharmaceuticals, they... On the black market, they... they jacked the price up right. to a billion dollars. You know, it's a dollar milligram. So you're buying 30 milligram oxys, $30. So you're getting like 30 of them. Um, but that's... <laughs> and that's another reason why I turned to heroin is because I'm paying $800 versus I could pay $100 and get 10 times as high. So that was another thing that kind of really fucked me up in my mid twenties is going from paying for all these pills, paying so much money. And then someone being like, why don't you just do heroin? It's like 10 times cheaper. And in my head, I'm like, didn't even think twice. I'm like, you know what? That makes way more sense. Yeah, I just, that, it, it, for all of us, sitting just here, that, that makes a whole lot of yeah, sense. Let me just you know, this guy rolls up and goes, why don't you just do heroin? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? I never, and I didn't Who think, says that? I didn't think twice either. You know, and when someone was like, Hey, you know, you can shoot those pills up that you're doing. I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't think twice. You know, I just got to a point in my life where that was normal. The people that I would hang around with that type of shit was normal. Yeah, that's, that's you know, and that's it, man. The, so you've had to eliminate, you just said it, the people you hang around. I mean, you can't. Oh, fucking, I burned them, dude. I had to burn them all. Yeah, you can't go back to that. No, can't. Guys, girls, no. bandmates. If they're not uh, clean, I can't. I just, I can't do it. If they're still actively using, there's just, there's no way. It's just too hard for me to not want to be like, oh, if you're you're using, all right, cool, let me go and I can do that too, you know. But I obviously can't. Everything I do is just to a fucking whole new crew. Scale is like. Whoo, so. Chelsea, were you this crazy ever? No. You're normal. She never. She she's never done drugs. I had like two years and I'm yeah. cut off. So. Damn. Mm. I don't know. Oh. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> What's a hangover? And I, I can't, I'm sorry I keep asking about that. I just no. can't even, it's like, because I, I, I get hangovers more than I care to admit. But uh, you, does hair, do you get a hair, like a hangover? Not like the next right. day, do you wake up like, oh my God, that was terrible. We call it a, a pill over. You, you do so many pills, the moment you wake up, you got to instantly do another pill so that you don't feel sick. But that's also going to withdrawal as well. So right. I guess that would be the hangover. It would be withdrawals as your body is needing it. And you, right. It didn't get as much as it should have had that day. So it's fucking going. And you sudden. can't make it to noon or to, you just can't. No. no. I, I knew a guy without naming names who was a very successful guy in Colorado. And, and he, he started, you know, I don't know how it starts, but he, you know, one oxy and then it goes to two and then it goes to four and the next thing you know the dude is a full-blown maniac like not coming back it it creeps up on you and then if you have the research i mean ultimately i mean i guess if you don't have the money to spend on spend 900 bucks a day but if you have somebody that has the resources it's it's, it's inevitable and you just can't you keep chasing it and you can't catch it you can't you can't get back to where you want to be at. Right. You're just getting higher and higher, and everything else is just falling, crumbling around you. And then when you go to rehab, they they wean you off, they bring you down. You they, go to a detox, and they give you, you like shaking, sweating. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's horrible. Um, really? They give you medication to get through that part. They give you uh, some some sedatives. Um, they use actually medication that does other things. Like they had me on some stuff that was a, a blood pressure medication, but it was also it deals with the anxiety part. So you take it, and you know they they give you a lot of um, just medication that you wouldn't think would help, but it actually does a lot of stuff, and there's just studies for it, and it it helps, but the first couple of days are extremely rough. I mean, I've detoxed by myself with no medication in Europe, you know, on tour. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And dangerous. No, it's extremely dangerous. Just, you know, throwing up nonstop all day long. It's, it's horrible. And then putting yourself right back through it, too. You know, you get clean right. and then, boom, you just... In, the, in that, right. And that dive back in is because... Something inside of you says, "Ah, eh, maybe just one little little tickle here, or exactly. one little, or I, is it somebody around you I going? I can just do it this one Dude, time. you need a little bump. Yeah, it's it, it it's both. You know, it's just me thinking that I can maintain it or not. You know, getting on stage and being like, "Fuck, I'm sober." You know, I, I'm not used to this, and being like, "Can you get high before I get on stage?" Okay, but tonight's a big night. I know. I'm nervous. We got that I told team. You, I'm nervous. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. And if uh, just walk off, fuck it. Yeah. If you need to. I think, I think I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. I've, you know, this is what I I love doing ultimately. Right. So I think, he, it's gonna be a test for me because obviously I go on tour with Slaves in Australia, August. So these little four dates were like, hey, you know, we're gonna kind of make up these four shows, but at the same time they're gonna be a little bit of a, a trial period. Yeah. To say, hey, can you fucking can you do it? Because <laughs> when people hear your voice, and I've watched the stuff on on the internet, and I've heard from these guys, I mean, you, this voice of yours is this is not like your, uh, you know, uh, Sid Vicious. I mean, this is you have a voice, and so you must look around. Thank you. There's not many people that have that voice. I mean, and you look at all the people. I mean, obviously, there's the extreme exam examples, Justin Timberlake, or all these guys. They're just fucking huge. Yeah. But you got that voice. Right, so you got to wonder, like, is that? It's not like somebody can say, "Well, he just can't sing." Yeah, I think that's one of the main things a lot of people say about me. They, uh, there's obviously people dislike me. They're like, you know, no matter what, I can't imagine what that's like <laughs> when people dislike you. I don't know. They uh, know nothing about that. No, as much as you would think, like, hey, this guy uh, is a piece of fucking shit. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, but uh, one thing you can't deny is that he actually has talent. So. Yeah. And that's always kind of stuck with me a lot. It's just being like... And the addiction has has handicapped the talent. Oh, yeah. That's, that's uh, your it view. Just, it, it stopped me from focusing. Yeah. It got to the point where I'm like, all right, cool. My career is where it needs to be. My career is in a good spot. Yeah. I'm good. I can just continue to get high. And really, my careers fucking just jumped off the shelf years ago so. yeah and you went to great lengths to and i and this is one thing i read this is on your wikipedia page which you know and i was like i don't think i can bring that up and nick was like no nah, i'll talk about it but the, this thing this internet scam oh fuck yeah i hate i know man <laughs> no, i hate you're good but you know here's your most loyal these, these are your fans whether people hate you or love you the ones who hate you they really i know all about this the ones who hate you they really hate you and the ones who love you man they will do anything for you and and that's what they were trying to do 
you were going to sell an old laptop, charge them, I don't know, I guess you were DMing with them, charge them mm -hmm. 600 or 800 bucks. And this is all just, and obviously they weren't getting the laptop. No. So this was, you're just sitting around going, I, need, I don't have any money. Yeah. Well, um, my label had cut me off yep. at that point. They just said, hey, we're, we can't enable anymore. Rise Records. Um, you know, they just said, Because of the addiction. Yeah. They said, hey, you know, we, we see that you're fucked up right now. We, we can't keep enabling you. Hmm. So we're going to cut you off. And that's kind of when all that shit happened. And Right. But that was purely a, a consequence of just needing to just generate income. Being sick. Yeah. You know, not thinking, just needing to be high so that I, not even wanting to be high, just not wanting to be sick. Yeah. You know, waking up and being so physically ill that I, you know, can't even get out of bed. Yeah. Can't even make it to down there to the Western Union or, you know, the MoneyGram to get the money. I'm so sick. Wow. Like, just, just not wanting that feeling. Mm. And you, and so the people get ripped off, but you pay them all, all back. Yep. Every single person is paid back. They still come to gigs. That's that's a, uh, a funny thing is yeah, there's a few of them that yeah. obviously were part sure. of the scandal and they're they're still huge fans. Yeah, you know they. I they think know the story. Some of them understand like it. It, it wasn't well, obviously it was me, but it it wasn't my intention to, um, you know, hurt these people in the way I did. And I think it took me a long time not to feel so ashamed about mm -hmm. that. I mean that's that's a huge heavy weight i think i've carried around for a long time is just being just so ashamed of that shit man um because that's that's fucked up you know these people they trust you yeah um you know they're they're loyal like i said there's people that love you they fucking love the shit of you and then there's people that hate you right and fucking hate you and i took advantage of the people that actually care about me and need something from me so yeah yeah, yeah but i think as long as you i mean i, I again that not to our situations are totally different, but it's recognizing them, recognizing the illness yeah. and the situation now that they know and that you repaying them and, and, and obviously being remorseful for what, you know, what went down. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it's towards the sum of about 30 grand. Yeah. Um, and I just, I got you one month. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, that was about one month of getting high. And um, honestly, I owe, I owe a lot to Rise. You know, I owe a lot to my management at the time. They they kept me out of jail, man. Um, you know, they what happened was Rise actually paid every single person back, and then I had to just you had to pay them. Back. I had to forego all my royalties right. for you know the six months or the year or whatever it was. Because like, you were about to go to jail for that. Um, I mean, there was never any. There was never any investigations yeah. or anything like that, but I mean, realistically, you obviously can't fucking rip off thirty grand worth of money on the cash. on the internet, cash money, and not, you know, have some type of consequences. So, but you did go to jail, and there was another. You, you went to jail for a yeah, couple years for some, uh, just some drug charges, drugs, drugs obviously drugs, yep. like real jail, real jail, yeah, for years. No, not years. Um, I went to jail for for two months. And what I was that feel like rehab? I mean, if you go to jail, that must be like rehab. I mean, I was sick. Yeah, the, the you don't whole, get to do drugs there. No, not at all. It's not prison. So the movies are <laughs> not accurate. Uh, I mean, I'm sure in prison you can find drugs, but I was in jail awaiting pretty much uh, trial, and then I took something called um, deferred like disposition, right. and pretty much 
is probation. Kind of, well, kind of. I actually wasn't on any probation, but if I got in trouble in that three year span, I would have gone to jail for nine years. Like just oh, right away, no, no fucking, no trial, nothing. Just if you, if I had got caught with drugs in that time span yeah. of, the, of the three years, then I would have gone straight to jail. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. In the back, because you mentioned the sur- the surgery earlier, because you had the the, the stomach one, yeah. the stomach one when you were a kid mm-hmm. or when you were younger, but then you've had multiple back surgeries. Yeah, I just had um, back surgery recently. That's pretty much the reason why I, you know went to the rehab and stuff. I was in there, and if I didn't get help, then I would have just been out on the street again. So, because they had they had on me on so much medication. I remember when that happened. I mean, I was Nick, and we were we were. Yeah. Nick, didn't you drive? You drove Johnny. Yeah. You went somewhere around here. You went somewhere outside of uh, Hill Country. Wimberley. Wimberley. Yep. And Nick picked me up from Dallas and drove me straight to the rehab. Like, I didn't get to go anywhere. Just left the hospital from the bed straight to his car, straight to the detox. That was after the back surgery. Yep. Yeah. That uh, picture, there was a. Six months before that, and then straight to rehab. Yeah. 65 days in the hospital. For the back? For the back. Yeah, I had. Jesus, uh, how bad was the back? I had. What happens? I got staph infection. That's a problem. On my spine. That's a real problem. Yeah, and I had abscesses, four of them. Um, Dude, the photo of you in the in the hospital with the back thing. Yeah. With the with the beanie of the hat, the hat on. Yeah, it's bro. With, with you the, look a lot better today than thank you do in that think, picture. Yeah, I feel better. That was. Wait, Nick said, "Nah, cozy, <laughs> cozy." <laughs> I like my blonde hair. <laughs> Real Bieber, yeah, you looked Bieber rough, ass. bro. Yeah, I felt rough. That was uh, I actually thought I had kidney stones. Yeah. At first, that's how I ended up going to the hospital. Um, I I woke up and my lower back started to hurt, and it was just so painful I couldn't, you know, sit down, couldn't do shit, and I hmm. I had had kidney stones before, so I was like, oh, this is probably just you know kidney stone. I'll go to the hospital and they'll give me some fucking Vicodin and. Or they'll do that uh, shock thing where they use the electro whatever and they, it breaks up the the stone. They actually just thought I wanted drugs. They were like, sorry, we can't give you any medication, but we can send you to rehab right now. And I'm like, I'm not going through withdrawals. Like, this is actual real pain. Right. They sent me away. And towards the end of that week, I went to a different uh, hospital. Um, her mom actually I actually called her mom. I was just in so much pain. I was like crying on the phone, like just in tears. Like I couldn't, I couldn't lay down. I would lay down, sit up, lay down. I couldn't sit still. I would try and walk on my feet. And I had to hop around the room before I could even plant my feet on the ground because there was so much pressure on my spine from the abscesses. Um, they took me in the hospital and they just said they needed to operate on me immediately. And that's how all, all that started. Nobody can relate to these stories. <laughs> but I mean, the I'm average sure, listener. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure somebody out there. Well, somebody can. But the, yeah. the average person is like, it's so crazy. It's like out of the movies. Yeah. And the, I mean, I'm glad uh, you know I went to rehab and stuff. And the sad thing is, I've had stuff happen like that before with uh, my arm, a big scar here. Yep. Um, yeah, that is. And what happened was, I woke up. I was obviously, you know, using drugs, shooting up. I woke up the next day, and my arm was about four times the size. Just had swollen up. And I went to the ER. Like an infection. Yeah, it had had got an abscess. And um, it had swelled up, and the doctors actually came in. They're like, hey, you know, this is too close to your heart. We need to 
cut your arm off. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I don't want to fucking walk around with one arm for the rest of my life. And I'm like, dead Nobody does. Dead serious. I said that. And they were like, you're joking. And I'm like, I'm fucking dead serious. They're like, you didn't need to sign a waiver. I was like, okay. So I signed the waiver. And they, uh, they just said, we'll put you on the strongest antibiotics that we have. And if it doesn't work, you're going to die. And I said, okay. And three days later, it went down, and they cut it open and cleaned it out. And I got out of the hospital, and the next day, I flew to England and started a tour. So it's like... Kept partying. It just it was never in my mind like, oh, man, that was a close call. But this back one was really scary to me, being in the hospital for that long and yeah. not even being able to go outside. It was just... It hit me a lot differently, I think, hmm. than all the other ones. And does religion play a part in all this, or no. you always hear about AA and? Um, I, I'm not a very religious person. Mm. I I grew up Christian, but I just I never really had a huge, strong, strong right. tie to it, strong feeling for it. So. Yeah. But um, I mean, the AA is is great. You know, yeah. all the stuff they they preach and they teach is amazing. Um, and you don't have to believe in God to follow most of it. There's a huge argument about that most of the time. Right. Is people being like, "Oh, is it religion? Not well, religion?" Can, yeah, yeah, there can be some thing yeah. exactly that doesn't that's have. What, to that's be. what they say, and then other people will fucking argue about it. Like, no, it's definitely God. You just need to open your eyes up, and hmm. you know what? I'm just fucking. Who cares? I'm thankful that I'm here. To, I'm thankful I'm sober. Right. And, you know, I'm not. I don't care who did it or how it happened, but I'm here, and that's what's important to me. In the arm thing, like you just get. I mean, we are we talking clean like new needles or like used needles? Old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was actually as as much as I can be. I was as as clean as I could be. You know, I had a, I had alcohol swabs. Like I I was pretty you clean about like, it. But uh, it's, very, yeah, it's your hygiene was yeah, good. It still didn't matter. You know, you use needle once and then you use it again. Yeah, but if you're complete, ten minutes later and it's you know there could there could be bacteria on it. So of it, course, yeah. That's what, that's what got me. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, man, I'm pulling for you. I really am, and I, you, Thank I, you. I know I read, I, I read more about you today just because I knew we were going to talk. But I've followed the story and I've, all the peaks and the valleys, at least as long as I've been around these guys. Mm -hmm. It's been ups and downs for sure. Yeah, really. I'm glad they stuck around. <laughs> I owe them a lot. Yeah. And tonight's a big night, so good luck. And Thank I'm going to come down. I'm gonna please, please come do. down and high five you. And make sure Chelsea. Uh, make sure I don't bomb. You know, make sure. Well, I've never seen a gig before. Like, <laughs> hey man, that kind of sucked compared to the other gigs. I <laughs> yeah, wouldn't. That's true. Yeah, might be amazing. Better. I hope so. That's what that's what we're shooting for. So. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming into the. To this you you're you're living forward bro yeah this moving, is moving forward every day yeah that's the important part amen thanks johnny thank you thanks for tuning in to the forward podcast like uh like i said at the top of the show if you have anything you want to say if you have a suggestion please god knows i need suggestions um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever. Let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. Theforwardpodcast at wedo.com. 
W-E-D-U Sport Singular.com. The Forward Podcast at WeDoSport.com. 